I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. (laughs) Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We are excited to be here and bringing you the next leg of our European adventure. Yes. This episode is called When in Rome. And something interesting about this episode is I always do a bunch of polls with you guys and stuff on Instagram. And I've noticed that this episode seems to be the fan favorite for season two. Like in season one, I feel like the fan favorite is Anastasia's makeover. Mm-hmm. And in season two, it seems to be this one. Interesting. I wonder what special things about it make it everybody's favorite. Yeah, I'm curious too. I like it. I think it's a good episode, but I'm curious why it's yeah, I don't. Out I don't so dislike memorable. it, but I, I think that's interesting. Because they were always so opposed to us traveling. Yes. And traveling and doing holidays they didn't like doing. So it always felt special for us and victorious when the fans really liked those episodes. Like we felt redemption. Yeah, because we would push for them and we were always talking about we should go here, we should go there and stuff. And they'd always be like, no, no, no. Not only does Hef not like to travel, but like the show, it's a you know big expense. And those those episodes typically don't do as well. Do they really? I wonder if they really tried to act like the Europe episode didn't do well. I don't know. I can't believe that. I remember they did say that our snowboarding episode didn't do very well. And that was because we were too clothed. <gasps> do you remember that? Oh, my God. I don't remember them saying that. Yeah, but... like people would be flipping through the channels. And I guess it wouldn't when they saw us in snow gear, it didn't grab on that we were the naked girls. <laughs> You know, wait, but we did we did naked things or like uh, the massage, massage which scheduled specifically so <laughs> we could get naked on camera. But and the hot tub. Yeah. But we were told that that episode didn't do well because we had too much on. Oh, my God. Yeah, covered head to foot. So anyway, we are going to jump back in our grotto time machine. I'm taking you back. This episode originally aired on September 24th, 2006. Ooh, the day before my birthday. Oh, yeah. Besides the girls next door, people were watching The Amazing Race, America's Next Top Model, and American Dad. Back then, Italy won the World Cup, and Google was just about ready to buy YouTube for $1.65 billion. Do you know the story behind that? How Google wanted to create something to compete with YouTube, so they gave a woman who worked there a budget of $1.65 billion to create a YouTube competitor. But instead, she just took that money and bought YouTube. And I think it's the same woman that what runs YouTube today. That's amazing. That is such a boss move. I love that story. Yeah. It's just like, work smarter, not harder. Definitely. This starts out with a view out the plane window. Yep. We're arriving in Cannes, which, as you guys know, it happened before we went to Paris, but they're not showing it that way. They're showing it as if it's happening after. In commentary, we say we wanted to put a bunny tail on the plane and it didn't happen. A bunny tail or the bunny magnet? Would it have been a big magnet? But you're right. It would have been a bunny decal, not a bunny tail. I yeah. meant, I meant like on the tail of the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I you pic- got Are you picturing whole... like a cotton tail? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. I was like, wait, what? Yes. Yeah, I thought just the Playboy bunny magnet thing on the plane. That would have been amazing. I don't know. It probably wouldn't have stayed on. You probably have to like paint it. Yeah. yeah paint it somehow or like some actual sticker, not a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> and we flew into Nice and we had to take helicopters to get over to Cannes. And obviously not everybody in our entourage is going to fit in one helicopter. So they had it spaced out where like the camera crew went first and Mm -hmm. then it was us and Hef and then it was everybody else like Mary and security and Steven and James and everybody. How much do you think Hef hated being the second 
helicopter to go and not the first. He oh, was yeah. Probably so impatient. Like, I don't remember him being impatient at the time, but it was probably like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. What were you wearing to Cannes and why did you choose it? I wore um, this pink Wheels and Doll Baby dress with like the little ruffle mm-hmm. around the bottom. And I absolutely loved it. And why did I choose it? Um, I just think that it was going to be like the sunniest, like nicest place that we were going to be yeah. at. And when I say nicest, I mean weather wise, because um, the weather was kind of dreary on most of our trip. Mm-hmm. And I just think I loved that dress. I love all the Wheels and Doll Baby dresses and they don't show it. But like in the last part of the episode, when we were in Paris and we went to the opera house, I was wearing another wheel. Wheels and Doll Baby dress that I absolutely love too. Yeah. Wheels and Doll Baby made the cutest stuff. Yeah. And I feel like it just was so much my personality. Mm-hmm. And I I loved it. So probably just because I loved it. I have this really cute picture of you on the plane in that outfit. And it's such a cute like travel outfit. So you have a little coat over it and a headband. And it's so cute. I wore a dress that I bought in Vegas when we were going on that shopping spree with Extra. Oh, yeah. And it's still one of my favorite dresses from the show. I love it. It's like green corset with like a rainbow skirt. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cute dress, too. Should we call Laurent and make sure we're saying can properly? Yes, because I always say can. And I don't want to say some people say con. Con. It's like when people who go to they're Americans that go to Ibiza and they say Ibiza. Ibiza. Yeah. Trying too hard. Like I get it if you're immersed and you want to do a proper accent and you really want to speak Spanish. But if you're an American that says Ibiza and the rest of everything you're saying is English, I think you're trying a little too hard. (laughs) Just my humble opinion. Although I'm obnoxious like that, too because I will throw in like a French pronunciation on a word here and there. And sometimes I gross myself out. Like I remind myself of the mom and Stanley Kubrick Lolita because she's always doing that. When I watched that, I was like, fuck, that's what I do. I always just feel like a poser or something. Yeah. Like I'm I am clearly American and I clearly don't speak French. So I'm just going to say can because that's the way most people say it here. And but then I don't want to be disrespectful. So it's always walking this line. But I don't know if con is the way it's said. I know who you're talking about who says con and he always put an emphasis on it like everybody else is saying it wrong. So I think we need to investigate and find out. So the first thing we do when we get to can is go to this giant press conference. Do you remember it being like hot and sweaty in there kind of and hectic? Yes. Wasn't it in like a tent or something? It was in a tent. Yeah. It was in a tent. It was hot out. There were a ton of people. It was crazy. And they brought half this big cake for a photo op because it's his 80th. I mean, it's a full month and a half after his 80th birthday, but we're still celebrating. Yep. It's the original birthday month man. And it reminds me of the recruiter got really mad one year because she felt like Hef didn't make a big enough deal for her birthday. And she was throwing a fit and she was talking about the time they went to Europe for his 75th birthday. And she's got she's like, he got a cake in every country for his birthday. Spoiled little man. So anytime I see him with like a cake in a different country, I think of that rant. Spoiled little man. Spoiled little man. (laughs) That's so funny. And didn't somebody like almost drop the cake at some point? Yeah. Ooh la la. And it shows us on the red carpet posing for photos. And then it shows us running out to the water in our cute little dresses and posing for photos in the water. I'm a little confused on timeline during this day because we were only in Cannes for like 12 hours total. If like even, maybe yeah. if you didn't count like all the planes and helicopters, probably like nine hours. I think at some point in this episode, Kendra's like, we're only here for nine hours or something. Yeah. And that was the truth. And I'm a little confused with timeline because even looking at the schedule and looking at 
my pictures. I'm like, when did we even go to the villa? The next thing you know, we're we're on the beach, and the next thing we're in we're in the villa. Yeah, we're at the villa, and Keith goes, "Welcome to my villa in the south of France." (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think of when I think of this villa. I I remember there was a great cheese board. At the villa. We're just getting all these good charcuterie plates. Yeah. And it shows Kendra standing on the balcony, taking in the amazing view. And the view is of the ocean, all these yachts on it. It's incredible. And in commentary, we're talking about how we wish we had more time to spend at the villa because we just weren't there very long at Mm -hmm. all. Do you remember anything from the Playboy Exposed photo exhibit? The only thing I remember is one of the photos on display was one of our pictorial pictures that didn't get published of all three of our butts on the raft in the pool. The butt buffet. No, I don't remember anything from it. Yeah, it's weird. I have a hazy memory too. There's certain things on this trip I don't remember anything about. I think because our trip was so packed, there were certain moments where I just kind of zoned out. Like I was there and it was just like, mentally resting. I don't know. But I don't remember much from this Playboy photo exhibit. And I think it was one of those things that we were very much in and out. Yeah. I just remember that photo was on display. And I think that's when we went and ran and did those beach shots because everybody's like, you have to do the Brigitte Bardot beach shot because during the Cannes Film Festival throughout the years, there was always like some comely young woman posing with her feet in the water on the beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, those pictures that we took out there, I feel like are very iconic of Girls Next Door and show up like on all the promos. And yeah, I think you're right. It's a good moment. And Mm -hmm. I love that we're all wearing like bright dresses and stuff. And I think Kendra got the dress she was wearing there. Like, didn't she like shop real quick? Oh, could be. I think so. You know, what's interesting. It shows you pouring some champagne it shows me eating and it shows Kendra hitting a tennis ball on the tennis court and I think it's interesting that they're doing that oh my god it's very stereotypical you're getting the food thing Kendra's sporty and I'm stuck up yep womp 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 yeah we're never escaping our stereotypes (laughs) and then suddenly we're at the club out of nowhere yes before we went to the club in real life we went to dinner do you remember that oh my god not only do i remember it it's one of my strongest memories for some reason (gasps) why because it was such a beautiful location Uh and there was this whole outdoor like pond with like a bridge i remember that pond yeah and um kendra and i like left the dinner Mm -hmm. and went out with the photographer and did photos outside and i have a whole bunch of them from doing like shooting all around and that because it was so beautiful you'll have to post those I want to see those photos I'll post what I have and then uh, I also had risotto at that place and I you and Kendra were on the risotto tour this trip (laughs) but I don't I risotto was something I never really ate before this trip and it kind of grossed me out because it just looked like mush or puke Yeah. And I don't remember the first one that I ordered. I don't remember it being anything that I was like so into. But this risotto, I want to say it was artichoke risotto. Yum. And it was so good. Yum. And it wasn't on the menu. It was like their night special kind of thing. Oh. And I just remember it being like so delicious that all of a sudden, like I was a risotto fan. No, I think you guys got risotto at La Avenue too, or at least Kendra did. I may have gotten it at La Avenue too, but that one I don't remember being like special. I probably mm-hmm. just ate it to eat dinner. Yeah. But this one, 
is memorable to me. And I've never really had risotto since. Because it's like I said, it was nothing I ate before I went. And it's nothing I've really... But every time I see risotto on the menu, I always check to see if it's an artichoke risotto. Yeah. <laughs> is that something I would want? Yeah. I, first of all, one thing that's strange is like we weren't allowed to film in this restaurant. And I'm wondering, like, we couldn't find anywhere that would let us film. You know what's weird to me about this, too, is that I feel like we ate kind of early in the day. I think on our itinerary, it says this restaurant was like owned by a famous like European soccer star. Yes. But I don't think that's anything that Hef necessarily cares about and it was like a 20 minute drive to get there or something like that and I'm just curious why we chose this restaurant since they wouldn't even let us film I mean it was a great restaurant don't get me wrong yeah it's an odd choice yeah I'm curious too I don't know my main memory from this meal was I was so excited as you know to speak French all the time and this was the first place we went in France so I was so excited and I tried to order my dinner in French and have snapped at me and made me stop and said I was being so presumptuous and just like snapped at me in front of everybody. And I was like, okay. So I proceeded to order in English. And I thought, why is it presumptuous to think that people want to be spoken to or at least attempted to be spoken to in their native language? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I was talking about that, I think, on my YouTube rewatch. And somebody chimed in. They go, I think Hef meant to say pretentious and not presumptuous. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. Oh, I think so. But it also wasn't pretentious. Like, I know I was a beginner novice and not good at French. I was just trying to learn. And in my experience, ever since, I just feel like people are always appreciative when you try to speak French. Granted, most people can tell I'm not a native French speaker and they will automatically switch to English, but they're always like super nice. Or they're like, if I'm saying a word wrong, they'll correct me in a really nice way. Yeah, I definitely think trying to speak French is definitely the way to go. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on the matter. Yeah. I'm still triggered. (laughs) Okay, you know what I was thinking would make my life so much easier? What? A stylist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But that seemed a little out of reach, so I decided to try Stitch Fix. Because at Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. So it's a super easy way to transform your wardrobe this season. And I love switching up my wardrobe like twice a year, like once for like the warmer weather and the colder weather and just having like a capsule wardrobe I can work off of. Like I'm obsessed. So this is amazing. Definitely. The stylist helps take their wardrobe to the next level. She knows what works for you, sometimes even better than you do yourself. She helps you discover new things about your style and it's like your stylish best friend is shopping for you. You know the confidence boost you get when you put on a really amazing outfit? Yes. That's what you get from (laughs) Stitch Fix. When you look good, you feel good, and it shows. And it's so important. I just give the stylist my size, style, and budget preferences. I order boxes when I want and how I want. No subscription required. And she sends me five just-for-me pieces, plus outfit recommendations and pro styling tips. I keep what I love and send back the rest. It's so easy. And if you don't love something, just send it back. Shipping returns and exchanges are always free. Love that. Style that makes you feel as good as you look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash GNL. That's stitchfix.com slash GNL. Stitchfix.com slash GNL. And then we're at the nightclub party. 
Yeah, and this is a weird scene because if you it's it's a like a blip. But if you look, it looks like Kendra's like asleep on the couch. Oh, weird. And then I'm like dancing a jig in my seat, <laughs> like really into it. And you and Hef are just like, you know, looking at each other or like saying something or whatever, just taking a sip of your drink, mm-hmm. like whatever, being normal. But it's such a contrast what everybody's doing in this scene. That's funny. I know. And it's also like not the contrast you would think. Mm-hmm. So it's a very weird scene. It's a quick blip if you guys caught it tell me what you think i think if we weren't in a noisy nightclub they would have taken that shot and elaborated on it because they love it when we were all three in totally different points of view and like yeah it's funny and then in commentary right here we talk about how fun this party was and how keith discovered a future playmate yes her name was sandra nilsson she's from sweden and this girl she was published as a playmate she was miss january and i get my years mixed up because we would shoot them so far in advance i want to say january 2008 yeah i think she was january 2008 i wasn't in charge of her pictorial she was one of the last ones marilyn grabowski shot but this girl and her photos don't even do it justice yeah Stunning. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Stunning. And so gorgeous in her pictures, but even more in person. I can't explain it. It's you're almost right. a shame the cameras can't capture it. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember seeing her pictorial. And of course, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But like not like she was in, it's not in real life. It's not the same. Like she's tall. She has these stunning ice blue eyes, pale skin, black hair. That's my favorite color combo on yeah, a person. It looks It's the pale skin, ice blue eyes and black hair. And just absolutely stunning. And I wonder, do you ever notice, and this happens a lot in true crime stories too, when people talk about someone and they talk about how unbelievably beautiful they are. And in true crime, it tends to be a cliche. Like they always say, she lit up a room. Yeah, they always say that. I Nick and I joke about it. You never want to light up a room because you're going to end up in a true crime documentary. Exactly. Like never light up a room. <laughs> yeah. So part of it might be that. Part of it might be people wanting to speak extra kindly of people who met a tragic end or, you know, just memory or whatever. But there's certain people that people talk about who obviously in photos, they're very beautiful. But the way people talk about these people, I'm like, I wish I could have seen that person in person because it sounds like they had that thing that this woman had, like Dorothy Stratton. Like, obviously, she's beautiful. She had this amazing natural body that people just don't usually have naturally. But the way people talk about her, it's like she walked into a room and like everything stopped. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I could have seen her in person. People are like that about Sharon Tate, too. Like everybody. I wish I could have like seen those people in real. Yeah, that's interesting because I yeah, I definitely felt that way about Sandra, too. So Mm -hmm. good eye for Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Keith was checking out all the women on this trip. We'll get to it later. And it shows girls like dancing and we're all cheering and clapping. And there was, I feel like everywhere we went in Europe, just the idea of like, quote unquote, burlesque, however you want to categorize it, was so big. There were always like sexy go-go dancers and little performances. Yeah. It was just everywhere. Everywhere we, really we went. see that in the U.S. as much. And they had an energy drink there called Pussy. Yeah. I if they still make that. It's <laughs> so weird. I love the juxtaposition of Europeans have a more mature attitude about sex and then there's an energy drink called pussy (laughs) but i feel like they can handle that and take the humor was you probably couldn't sell an energy drink called pussy in the u.s without meeting a lot of restrictions and having a lot of difficulty getting out there yeah definitely not no way would people allow that um you said the one thing you didn't like about can or con is that everyone speaks english yeah i mean i think they a lot of people can speak english most places in france but really like we're 
presenting in English in Cannes. So I was like, yeah, eh, I wasn't really getting my moment. Yeah, you're like, no, this is not what I was looking for. What are your thoughts on Cannes before we move on to our next stop? Well, I loved it. Have you been back since? No, I haven't had any thought or reason to really. And I feel like we were there for such a short blip. Yeah. Like I have no idea what the actual culture was. And was the film festival going on when we were there? It's kind of the same time of year, I think, I think but I don't know if it was in full swing, was it? I don't know if it was in full swing, but I think yeah. it was. And I think that's why we had to go up to a villa because I think all the hotels were like, right. and remember it was so packed. I'm pretty sure it was the film festival going and on. And I think the party we went to was like film festival adjacent. Like, I don't think the party was like a Playboy party or anything. Yeah, I think so too. I've been back a couple of times. Once I just went with Nick and Joyce mm-hmm. came with me. It was like on a, after we were done shooting beaches and we decided to go. And then I went once for my Bridget Sexiest Beaches show. They do the international TV conference there too. It was called like MIP or something like that. How was that? Was that as bad as doing like the critics panel in LA? No, it wasn't like that at all. Oh, was it kind of like that day we did press in Monaco? Was it more like that? Where people yes. were nice? Oh, yeah. So nice. Yeah, it was more I like I like that. it when press is nice. Like I just recently did like the press for Playboy Murder season two and it just seems like I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself, but it just seems like a different world than it used to be. Like people are so much nicer or maybe it's my PR team. I don't know, but it just seems like the questions are more relevant and to topic and I'm not getting a lot of the annoying questions I used to get. Yeah. So knock on wood, that continues. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but I really liked it and I would love to go back. And I would love to go with Laurent because he's from there, from Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Laurent, we should take a little break and then come back and call him up and find out if we're pronouncing can right. Yeah, let's get the pronunciation. Hello. Laurent. Hey, Bridget. Hi, Laurent. Hey, Odie. We have a question for you. Okay, what is the question, guys? <laughs> a French question. How do we pronounce can? Like the city. Can. 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 Good. I'm so happy for you guys. How, you know, I'm very proud about your show and I'm very supporting you guys. Oh, thank you. you thank you, Laura. We proud love of you, you too. We <laughs> love you, huh? I hope so to see you soon, guys. Love you guys. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. So we weren't too far off. Yeah, there we have it. It's definitely not con. Oh, God, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So in reality, when we left Cannes, we went straight to Paris. But according to the show, we're at Barcelona next. It shows us walking in our hotel door. By the way, can I just say, I hate this top that I'm wearing. Oh, on the show, the blue one? Yes. Why? Because it shows like it's like super tight and I feel like it just like wraps around my stomach and makes my stomach look so bad. I feel that way about stuff I wear a lot. Like I'm very conscious of my stomach. And so I know what you mean. Like I didn't think anything of it when I watched this episode, but I know what you mean about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, change your top, change your top. (laughs) I like the color of it. I like the style of it, but Mm. I just don't like the way it looks on me. Yeah. Ugh. And so Kendra and I are like freaking out about the view because in case you don't remember, the view is of like the marina and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and um, the the water and everything. It's very beautiful. But we're like, oh, my God. Woo! We're like looking out and Hefwalk goes comes up and he says, OK. And I feel like weird. I feel like for <laughs> most people that would be like a nothing yeah. scene. But I hear a tone in that OK of being annoyed. And I'm like, he's totally 
totally annoyed that we're like making such a big deal of the scene. Which is strange because if you're the guy taking these girls on their first trip to Europe, I feel like you want that kind of reaction. You want the wide eyed. You want the I'm seeing it for the first time through other people's eyes. Like you want the appreciativeness. So it's awfully strange. And I feel like it mirrors kind of him being weird about me trying to speak French. And like, I understand, like I cut him some slack because he's old, he's jet lagged, he's traveling, but it's still weird. Yeah, I feel like he was tired and we'd Mm -hmm. already done, you know, we'd already done London, Mm -hmm. we'd already done Paris, we already had done Cannes, we'd already done like a lot of things where we're already oogling and Uh ogling and I think he was just over it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another cool view. We get it. Like, just the way he says, okay, he wants us to be at least be quiet about it. It's Which is so strange on so many levels. A, for all the reasons I already said. And B, because we're filming a show. Like, he knows we have to be a little more exuberant and a little more boisterous. Yeah. But I think you and him both go take a nap and Kendra mm-hmm. and I go out sightseeing. So I think he was just really tired and ready for the cameras in us to get the hell out of the room so he could, like, go take a nap. Yeah. That's what I think was going on right there. Like, totally. okay, now we go take it outside and yeah. get the cameras out of here, too. So tell me about your guys' sightseeing because, obviously, I didn't go. I stayed behind to get a massage. Um, you get a good view of my side boob on this scene. <laughs> they add some snoring noises. I was really in siesta society, just like, you know, drinking in the culture, so to speak. But you guys were really out there seeing stuff. So tell me about what you guys did. You know what? I don't even remember all that much. I don't think that there was much that we could go and do. I remember we were walking around. I remember thinking it was fun to take our sangria out with us. And Mm -hmm. I didn't think that that was even like something you could do. It's so funny because in the show, you're like, oh, we can walk with the wine. That's so crazy. And I don't know if it's just because I've been in Vegas too long or what? But I just didn't even think anything of it at all. (laughs) Yeah, because you can't do that in California. You can't walk down Hollywood Boulevard with a cocktail in your hand. Yeah. Not a beer, not a glass of wine, nothing. Like I heard a rumor maybe like 20 years ago or so that in Louisiana, you can drive with a drink. Oh, I heard they have drive up um, like cocktail, like uh, margarita things. Like the Slurpee machines, but alcoholic. That's so weird. And you know what it reminds me of? But the driver can't be intoxicated, but you can like get them for your passenger can. Okay, that makes sense. Um, That's wild. And it reminds me, have you seen the old videos from like, I don't know when this was, like the early 80s or something, but it's like they just passed the law that like everybody has to wear a seatbelt and they just passed a no open container in your car law. And they're interviewing these people and people are just outraged and they're like, yeah, this is turning into a communist country. (laughs) What's next? And the guy's like, yeah, I just I can't get off a hard day of work and not have a crisp cold beer in my car. Like it is funny. Have That's you seen crazy. Those? No, I haven't seen them, but I have seen people talking about how, like, when we try to pass a law now and people are like, oh, my God, you can't tell me I can't do that or whatever. And they're like, the people had this much um, pushback to wearing seatbelts and to wearing helmets and things like that, too. That's true. So, like, That's a good point. You know. It's kind of getting common this when a fella can't put in a hard day's work, put in 11, 12 hours a day, and then get in your truck and at least rain one or two beers. They're making it laws where you can't drink when you want to. You can't. You have to wear a seatbelt when you're driving. And pretty soon we're going to be a communist country. It's 
even when things are supposedly for your mm-hmm. own good, people yeah. like push back on yeah. it. They want to make their own decisions. For sure. And in a way, I kind of get it. Like, you know what? Make your own decision. But there's so many facets to like the laws too. Like the no helmet law, like for, or the, you know, have to wear a helmet law, I should say. Like, I don't even want to go into all the things on it or anything like that and whether it should be or shouldn't be. But it, like, there's weird things that come up that like, I don't even think of off the first hand. Like first, first I think of it like, well, whatever. If you want to wear one, fine. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to wear one, fine. But you know what happens and that's on you, you know. But then if you hit somebody and they die because they weren't wearing the helmet, whereas they would have just maybe like got some road rash if they had been wearing the helmet and now all of a sudden you killed somebody because they didn't wear the helmet so then like then I start thinking about it like that like wait this could have been like a minor accident but because they chose not to wear the helmet the accident might have been my fault maybe I didn't see him or something but I didn't do it on purpose but now he died because he decided not to wear or she decided not to wear a helmet you know what I mean like they start thinking about that that's a really good point it's just the thought of like we're all out there on these roads together and we all need to participate in safety. Yeah. And it seems like, oh, well, it's just me. Why do I, who cares if I wear a helmet? But you're right. It's not just you. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about all the relationships that are important to me and how I make them work and make them thrive. Like obviously parenting is a huge one. I feel like as a parent, you really have to put your own mental health first in order to be able to show up and be a good parent when you're with your kids, be able to manage your time, manage your emotions, have patience, all the things. It really takes a village. And I feel like that village includes whoever's helping you with your therapy and things like that. So it's a huge deal for me. And therapy. Therapy has been a huge part of that journey. Just having somebody to talk to who's unbiased, doesn't know the people I'm talking about, can just give me like the best advice for myself. And it just really helps me work through things and it helps me be there for other people and be there for myself. And it's just such a win-win situation for everybody. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash next level today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash next level. But anyway, so we walk around and then um, I remember us walking around and, and everybody was just sort of hanging out. And we thought that was really weird. I didn't even connect. Like, obviously, I know about siesta. I'm taking um, Spanish classes. Uh-huh. Like, we talk about that just in learning Spanish and everything. And but it, it didn't even like connect what time it was or like what was going on. Um and, and everybody's like hanging out. We went and saw um, the Gaudi Cathedral, mm-hmm. which was amazing. We walked around and tried to go shopping a little bit. Oh, Louie's here hi, to say Louis. hi. Hi, baby. Louis. Hi. What are you doing? Do you think I have something or do you just want a pet? He begs constantly for treats. Like I'll give him and I give him like chewies that last, but it's like constant. Aww. It's like his favorite thing to do. Huh, Louie. Yeah. And I know uh, we were trying to shop a little bit and everything was closed. And then the woman that comes up and tells us that it's siesta is our actually our guide. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we were walking around for that long and didn't know. Like yeah. the show really makes it look like we can't figure it out yeah. for so long. <laughs> but we had a guide, a, a Spanish guide with us. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, that's all I really remember. But I know we passed by the building that we're going to be in the party in later. Yeah, that building is so cool. Yeah, which is also a Gaudi mm-hmm. one. And we thought was very cool. Um, you describe it later as something like a hobbit would live in. Yeah, it looks very hobbity. It's very Art Nouveau. I think the idea of it is it's supposed to look like the skeletons of a dragon, like you're inside a dragon's body. Oh, uh, when I look at it, for some reason, I see like a melting candle. Looks like that, too. Yeah. So Kendra and I were excited to go and explore. And I think there's this scene, too, when we're looking out the window before um, and doing all that stuff. Like I grab Kendra's shoulder and I'm like, we gotta, let's go explore. Like, I think that. I want to point it out just because it's like one of those times where Kendra and I are getting along really well, despite what just happened in Paris, which mm-hmm. actually Paris is like several days ago now. Yeah. And um, and it shows our friendship and like excited to go do something together and kind of being on the same page about something. And I feel like it's so rare when I can point those things out that I really want to point it out when it is happening. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And speaking of pointing out stuff Kendra does, I want to address something that you guys have been saying online because we're seeing all the comments on the Patreon and the YouTube and stuff. And people were asking why we didn't talk about in the last episode when Kendra was on the boat in London, she said something or on the boat in Paris, she said something about kings being old and gross. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you should have talked about that because she sure backed up when she realized she said old in front of half. And honestly, when I was rewatching this episode back, I didn't think a thing of it. I didn't either. And I just wanted to point that out because I think there's a few people out there who think we live to just drag Kendra at any moment and point out everything she does. And that's really not the case. We talk about stuff if we feel like it's a, a really huge part of the episode that just can't be ignored or be like indicative of something happening behind the scenes or something that has a bigger story behind it. Like we're not here to like nitpick every little thing she does, especially if it's something that I mean, clearly it wasn't obvious to me when I was rewatching it, but obvious enough to the rest of the audience that it's just kind of there. Yeah. And also another thing that we, we, I, or at least I try to point out is I point out something if I know that later on it's going to become a thing or it's mm-hmm. going to, it's, a, it's the totally. start of a pattern of something or whatever. Yeah. So I'll make a point to point it out, even though it might seem trivial in that episode, I know where I'm going with that later yeah. on down the road. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we try not to like do every little thing yeah Um, but I honestly didn't even think like if I thought that that was like a big thing or like a faux pas I would have said something about it but I don't think and clearly Hef didn't think so either because he left it in I don't think that uh any of us took it as a dig on Hef as weird as that might sound yeah I really think that she was talking about some of these paintings that we see where like let's just say Henry VIII, for example, is like not attractive and like, you know, and then his wives are young and beautiful and you're just sort of like, ew. I think she was fully referring to that. Yeah. And especially we're deep in this historic tour and she's probably thinking about how, because, you know, we talk about people from hundreds of years ago and like how bad the sanitation was or how rarely people bathed. I took it more like something like that, like, ew, old gross kings or something. And I don't think Hef, like obviously he was aware of his age, but he didn't put himself in the category of old. 
Right. Like, I don't think he would have even thought, oh, she's clearly thinks I'm disgusting because she said old gross kings. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I just don't think it registered that way. I don't think so either. And I think it's really interesting, though, how it didn't register that way for you and I, even years later, mm-hmm. or for Hef watching it back. Because we, we were in of. the Hef cult. We didn't think of him as old either. But other people watching it and even years later think of it. And that's the first thing they think of is his age and old and that she was kind of referring to that at the same time even if she wasn't saying it on purpose it's also referring to the relationship that we're all in right then because people watching were not in the hef cult you know what i mean yeah (laughs) they see him as old yeah but we didn't yeah and he didn't it's weird yeah it is weird it's fascinating actually Mm -hmm. so then we end up going to the party which is a party promoting Playboy. One of the reasons Hef was able to do this trip is he was doing it as promotion for all the foreign editions of Playboy. So there would always be like a Playboy party for the foreign edition or for the licensing in every country we went to. And this was that one. We got to go to that really cool Gaudi house, which I was so thrilled to go to because when we got to the hotel, there was a Gaudi coffee table book and I was flipping through and I saw that house. I'm like, oh, that's the coolest building. And then lo and behold, that's where the party was that night. So that was super fun. And I say in voiceover in this scene, when we're at the party, We're kind of like mini celebrities, but Hef will always be an icon. And that's definitely how it was at the time. And I feel like they were trying to get me to say that like we were celebrities and we were so fond over. And that's why I was saying, oh, we were definitely mini celebrities because I did not feel famous at this point. And especially in Europe, like I think our show had just started airing in the UK and maybe hadn't even started airing yet was about to in the rest of Europe. And do you remember we're sitting in our confessional interviews and we're always asked things like, so how does it feel to be so famous? Or so did you feel like a celebrity at blah, blah, blah? And I'm sitting there like, no, I don't really. (laughs) Yeah. I remember even having talks about it at the time, like you and I being like, well, I don't really feel like. Yeah. There were there were a few times that I'm watching this back now, Uh not at the time, but there's a few times watching this back where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I feel like people are starting to like talk to us on the red carpet. They used to just ignore us or like, you know, smirk or whatever. But like, I feel like there's a few scenes where I'm seeing like Kendra's talking to somebody on the red carpet. And I feel like I remember them kind of talking to me too a little bit. And um, even in when later in the scene um, or in this episode when we're in Rome and stuff, or I mean in Venice, I feel like it's starting to kind of be more of a scene with all of us and stuff. And we can talk about more of that when we get to that point. But I feel like watching it back now, I am starting to see a little bit of signs. And even with our itinerary, there was a party that said for the girls next door. Well, I think that was because it was like announcing that our show was coming out in Europe. So like yeah. the press on the red carpet knows that, oh, they have a show coming out. Right, right. So those are the first little yeah. signs that I'm starting to see. Of, not that we felt it at the time. Yeah, I felt very imposter syndrome. And I, I mean, I say imposter syndrome now, but I don't even think it was imposter syndrome. Like I don't feel like we were that famous back then. And it felt kind of awkward in the confessional because they were trying to get me to say that they that we were and I just felt dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like it's a really weird thing 
to say you're famous because it sounds conceited and there's always a million people looking to knock you down and tell you you're not a real celebrity and you're just a reality star yeah like it's like there's always somebody more famous than you so like you're not then therefore you're not famous because Mm -hmm. this other person is more famous yeah so it's like a weird thing to ever say and it's definitely a weird thing to kind of proclaim Mm mm-hmm it's a very tricky thing. Like yeah, it's like on one hand you can't like deny it. that there's there's something out there, but yeah. the other but then once you do, there's people that are quick to be like, "Oh, not so fast, sister." Yeah, like, totally. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to be really careful when you say it and how you say it because people are just waiting for that. Totally, 100%. One thing um I wanted to back up just really quick too. There's this just it's a blip, a blip of a scene, but Kendra and I are in hair and makeup. And one thing I noticed is that they to- they they were showing Steven before this and now they're like, cut him out. You don't even see who's doing our hair and makeup. Oh, wow. And I don't know if that was just accident or just the shot. I don't know. But there's a scene where Kendra and I kind of like smile at each other and we kind of like give each other the look like this is going to be a fun night. Like it's just little things like that where they allow our friendship to be shown mm-hmm. and people can see it. And I thought it was like a really cute. It's a it's a blip of an eye. Yeah. But like it's really a cute little moment. Moment, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing to point out. So anyway, yeah. So then we're at the party. Should we talk about the girl that so okay, by the way, Keith has, you know, like I said, gotten rid of his date. Yeah. Sent her home back in Paris. So um now he's dateless and he is on the prowl because he finds a girl. Yeah, there were painted ladies at this party and he found one he really liked. And he said later he was trying to convince her to move to LA. And she's like, but what would I do there? And he wasn't willing to supply the what would she do there part. But (laughs) But you should move. Pick up, pick up and go across the world with all the other beautiful women and (laughs) try your luck. She was definitely beautiful. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was funny. So then after that, after, well, it was actually before, but we're Mm -hmm. not in order in this episode. And you can tell it's before because when we go to this uh, dinner spot, it's still light outside. You can see out the windows. But this was a weird situation, too, because our schedule is so detailed and so planned. Mm -hmm. But we were supposed to go back to the hotel, I think, for dinner. And Hef did not want to do that because he didn't feel like that was going to be the authentic Spanish experience. Yeah, because it was just like a very basic upscale restaurant, modern in the hotel. Yeah, modern, I think was the problem. Mm -hmm. He really wanted like that flamenco, old Spain type of thing, which I'm grateful for because I really wanted to experience that Mm -hmm. too. So we went all around town. And granted, I think we're early too. Like, er I mean, dinner in Spain. I remember when I went back to Spain for my Bridget Sexiest Beaches, dinner was like 10 o'clock. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember we were going around and we even stopped at some places that were like bars that had like a bar menu. Because I remember going a couple places and we'd look at the menu and be like nah and just a lot of places weren't open when we were looking for a spot yeah because it's still daylight out like nowhere Mm -hmm. near their actual dinner hours but we finally find a place after stopping like 10 different spots and um it was really cute and we had dinner and then as you see we do the um, flamenco dancing and there's a scene too where I'm like picking at my food and I tell I tell Kendra these are artichokes because she was like anti-eating she said and she talks later about how she didn't like all the food in Uh Spain and stuff and I thought that was interesting too because we've talked about before how Kevin doesn't leave anything in there by accident and I thought it was sort of a weird thing to leave in Well, giving you another food thing to do. Do you think that's it? 
I think. Well, well I think it's, it's two. two. It's, it's giving two. you a food thing. And Kendra has an unsophisticated palate. That's yes. his other favorite theme. So you have to explain to her what it is. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at it, like telling her, no, it's okay mm-hmm. to eat because these don't look appetizing, but it's just artichokes. And I know she likes artichokes. So these are okay. You could eat these. She doesn't seem to believe me uh-huh. and, or impressed by uh-huh. it, but I'm trying to tell her. And it looks like I just have steak and potatoes on my plate. Like it doesn't look like it's anything weird. Yeah. But I think he's definitely trying to do those things. Bridget's the foodie. And of course she's eating whatever they put in front of her. And Kendra's like, meh. I'm not going to do it because I'm going to get McDonald's when I leave here or whatever, you know? Totally. And you know what I saw recently? I was um, at Disney World with Josh and he pulled up Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a recent episode. And they do a scene because when we rewatch The Girls Next Door, I'm like, oh, this is cute show, still holds up, fun to watch. But I also think of it as very dated because there's not as much overt drama and like you could never do a show like that today. Granted, Bravo fans are saying Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is boring this season, so we'll give it that. But I was shocked to see Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had an identical scene to this on a recent episode. They're in Spain. They go to a flamenco restaurant. And the big thing is, oh, they want the ladies to go on stage and dance flamenco with them. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it, it was interesting to me because I always just feel like, oh, this show would never hold up. But they're still doing it. Well, I went back on um, the Beaches show and mm-hmm. I did a flamenco dance lesson and did the, did it again, too. So I think, you know, it's sort of one of those typical things you do or like stereotypical, at least things you do when you go to Spain. Yeah. You really want to catch a flamenco dancing. Kind of like when you go to Paris, you want to go see the can-cans of Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge and stuff like that. But I was surprised to see it as a whole scene in a modern show. I'm like, are really people entertained? Because, ooh, go upstage and dance. You know what I mean? See, I still like that stuff. Maybe I would like Real Housewives now if it's if it's that Maybe you want to join the cast. <laughs> I don't think it is just that. I think it's a lot of like life ruining and rumor Ugh. starting and people suing each other and drama. But yeah, that episode was very cutesy. And there were just some funny things like, oh, there was another thing that reminded me of this trip. So there's a woman named Dor. I don't know if her name is Dory or Dorit. It's spelled Dorit with a T. It's but Dorit. I- is it? Because I hear I people say Dory, like full on finding Dory. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. Anyway, it. I just heard somebody say it before. So I figured it was Dorit. OK, well, I'm going to go wrong and say Dorit. So Dorit was on there and she she was like normal Coca-Cola normal una Coca-Cola normal Dorit really you want a normal Coke can you not just say that I went Wait, I Coca Cola, and I then see this? and then Kyle Richards is like so embarrassed. She's like, "Can you just say you want one Coke?" And it reminded me of like Hef being grossed out on me trying to speak French. <laughs> That's so funny. I saw that clip. I don't know why. Maybe it was just random in my mm-hmm. in my Instagram reels or something. But I did see that clip. Wait, did I send it to you and say this reminds me of Hef? Oh, maybe. I think I did. I'm like, this is Hef vibes. I'm like, wait, why did I see this? Yeah, but I think Dorit does like speak a couple languages, though. Oh, really? Anyway, I just thought that was weird that there was such an echo of this scene and what we experienced in Europe on like a modern day show. Right. Yeah. I would have never expected. So we all get up and dance and Hef pulls out his uh, signature dance. Yeah, his moves. Even he's given it a whirl. And Kendra says in um interview, oh yeah, he really pulled out the dancers. I think he got him from me. And I'm thinking, girl, don't <laughs> no. No. He got him from John Travolta. 
in Saturday Night Fever. I was going to say Saturday Night Live. So was that it for Spain? Was that our Spain trip in a whirlwind? Are we ready for Munich? Well, or I was going to talk about yeah. one other thing because you were talking about this. <gasps> what happened? Did you break a nail? Yes. I hate that because sometimes it hurts. But it's a press on. Oh, so it just came off. It popped off. Oh, I thought you like (laughs) snapped a nail. Because I recently snapped a nail like down in the nail bed. And no. Yeah, that hurts so bad. Want, want, want. I didn't bring my glue either. Uh Oh. All right. Uh, You were talking about the guy who followed you. Oh, yeah. There was something really weird. So when we walked out of the restaurant, there was a guy who was trying to very blatantly hit on me, which I thought was weird. Like, can't you see I'm with this dude? Like maybe the age difference made him think, oh, it's grandpa and granddaughter. Or the fact that there was three of us. Yeah. To go around. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he was hitting on me and I was like all offended. I'm like, can't you tell I'm with somebody? And then we get back to the hotel and he's waiting outside the hotel for me. That's so creepy. So fucking gross. It's really creepy. Yeah. So then. One thing oh. I was going to say too. Sorry. <laughs> so. so <laughs> We're, you guys, also, I got to say, we're always cutting each other off and we're okay with it. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but one thing I have to say, too, is that um, Hef says, and we're back in the limo and everything, and Hef says, so now you will remember Spain or you'll remember Barcelona. I forget exactly how he says it. And and I feel like that was his main like push for this restaurant was to have like a really memorable Span authentic. Mm-hmm. I say that in quotes because I don't know how authentic that really is, but yeah. an authentic moment in Spain. So we always remembered Spain. And I think it's just so weird because I don't think of Hef as somebody who gives two shits whether we had an authentic moment in Spain or not. I can see that too. Although one of the weird things he would always say to me when I was breaking up with him was, don't forget who the first, I can't, I can't say it with a straight face. Don't forget who the first person to take you to Paris was. I mean, I guess that feeds into his like very romantic side. He was kind of like a hopeless mm-hmm. romantic. Yeah. So I guess it does make sense if you look at it from that way. But it's also something I felt like he didn't value. Like he it was like, just say when we were in New York, he was never interested in doing any of the sightseeing mm-hmm. with us. Like go to the top of the Empire State Building. No, thanks. I'll stay in the hotel room. I and- think he low key liked Jekyll and Hyde, though. That restaurant. Oh, he did. He <laughs> so did funny. like that. But I mean, that's that... a, that's like a nod to his Sherlock Holmes childhood, though. Shutter Club. Yeah, for sure. But he just wasn't into the sightseeing. So the fact that he wanted to make this memorable experience for us with an authentic Spanish experience, I don't know. I just didn't like. I'm like, what? Yeah, it is very interesting. I do feel like as the show became more successful, he would want to do like genuinely nice stuff for us every once in a while Mm -hmm. because now we had value. Like now we're proving our worth. I think that's probably maybe more where it's coming from. Yeah. Maybe giving the show an authentic Spanish experience. That I can see. Totally. And he wanted to give that like nightcap line to like finish off the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so now we'll scene. always remember Spain. Yes, we will always remember Barcelona. Un Coca-Cola normal. <laughs> Sorry, that's stuck in my head. That's like echolalia, like on repeat. Un Coca-Cola normal. Normal. Sorry, guys. Okay, anyway, so we're going to Munich. Yes. I was going to wear my beer garden girl outfit today, too. I was like, should I bring that as well? But it's at my parents' house. Oh, yeah. Well, this is cute. It goes with the set. Yeah. Oh, it totally does. I don't know if they notice. So we're in Munich now. They play B-roll of the landmarks. 
I think Munich might have been another stop I lobbied for. Like besides spending several days in Paris, I think I might have lobbied for Munich, which wasn't a stretch because the headquarters for Playboy Germany were there, I think. I'm not sure. At least enough so to have a party. But I really, I told Mary, we have to go to Germany and have a party so I can meet this one playmate. Because there was a playmate named Juliana Marino, who was a German playmate. And I had seen like one of the foreign editions come in through the office. And I just thought she was so gorgeous. She needed to be a playmate. This was before I worked at the studio. I just like was really hung up on this girl. And I, which is interesting because she ended up being such a nice person. She's one of the people I'm still in touch with. She was like one of our closest playmate friends. So it's almost like, I don't know, maybe I just kind of knew. But I was like, we have to meet this girl. We have to do a party in Germany so we can meet this girl. And I really wanted to go to Munich because I remember Stephanie Heinrich telling me about it being one of the highlights of her trip when she went with Hef like five years earlier. That's interesting. And she was talking about the Hofbrau house and how old it was and how cool it was. So I'm like, we have to go to Hofbrau house. Yeah. You have to do a party there. For sure. So we, it starts out basically us going into the Hofbrau house. Did you know they have one in Vegas? Yeah, I think I did. I When I first moved there, I would do like a keg tapping there every year for Oktoberfest and I'd like dress up and stuff. And I kept doing it through like 2014. And I remember, do you remember that website, The Dirty? Sounds familiar. So there used to be this like gossip website called The Dirty and people would like tattle on each other. And re- and it wasn't about celebrities. It was about like nightclub people. So anyway, the guy who ran The Dirty, because I remember I was Googling, looking for a particular picture of myself. And then I came across this article and he was like ripping on me for tapping the keg at Oktoberfest or at Hofbrau House. And he's like, why are you doing this shit? You look desperate. And I'm thinking, first of all, I didn't get paid. I did it for fun. <laughs> I'm a corny ass bitch. I love that kind of shit. I love fucking doing corny shit. Yeah, I would totally do it too. Take me to the grave with some corny ass shit. What? Oh, you want me to wear a costume and do like some opening ceremony thing? Done. Yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. I played beer pong with a leprechaun for St. Patrick's Day on the strip. (laughs) I love that too. I'll dress up as the Easter bunny. I don't care. I love it. So we go in the Hopra house and in commentary, we're even talking about how good the food was. And we're talking about like this potato cheese soup, which makes me want that right now. Yeah, they really have good food. And the pretzels. Ugh. Anyway, um, then we start sitting down and you you show the coasters and they have like a St. Pauli girl type character on them. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, my gosh, St. Pauli girl. And I'm wearing that outfit. By the way, speaking of people like haters, I um, and I think it was just one person, but I had somebody hating on me for wearing the German girl, the the beard. Oh, did girl. they say it was appropriation? Yeah. Aren't you like part German? Aren't you like, like half German? Yes. And somebody wrote back, well, she is German. So like <laughs> that's so funny. I'm like my grandparents first language is German. My grandma only cooks German food. Like, Plus, it's not like an oppressed group. Like the German people, as far as I know, aren't like mad about somebody wearing a dirndl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. I can't. I know. I know. I'm just like, oh, my God. But people will look for anything. I know. They will. They have their spy glasses on looking for anything. Yeah. And I, at this point in time, I really wanted to be the St. Pauli girl. Tell people what the St. Pauli girl is because people don't know. So the St. Pauli girl, there's a beer called St. Pauli. I think it's still around. I think it, wait, is the beer, I think the beer itself is called St. Pauli girl. I don't think it's just called St. Pauli. Am I on crack? Oh, the beer, the whole beer, St. Pauli girl? I think 
so. Oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> I'm not even sure. But they had, okay, St. Pauli girl beer. And then they had a girl who was dressed up as the St. Pauli girl as their spokesmodel. And they would pick, they would do like a search every year and they would pick one girl to represent them. And she would go all around the country doing like beer promotions and, you know, being at the, the club or the liquor store or the fair or whatever. And I love that shit. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> that's what I used to do with like Anheuser Busch mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I really, really, really wanted to to be the St. Pauli girl. And so I was like advocating for myself mm-hmm. to be that. And I knew some of the playmates had been one before. Yeah, because for a while, every year they would pick a playmate. Like every once in a while, somebody wouldn't be a playmate, but typically it was a playmate every year. Yeah, I know Lisa Durgan did mm-hmm. it for a while. Um, I know Stacey Fusen did it. Later, Kara did it, but I don't know if it was before this or after this. I think she said it wasn't during the heyday of like the St. Pauli girl. So it was after. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then later, um, I had a makeup artist who was like, they like kind of quit doing like a new person each uh-huh. year. And she did it for like many years straight. Oh, she was like the St. Pauli girl after that. And I thought that was so cool because yeah. I always wanted to do it. And I think later in the um, episodes, maybe in another season, I do finally go on an audition mm. for St. Pauli girl for the show. Yeah. I think they show it, right? It must be in season five or a deleted scene because I hadn't seen it yet for my YouTube thing. Yeah. So even if they don't show it, I'll tell you how that all went down and what happened. Obviously, I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I love theming. So there was no way I was going to pass up an opportunity to not dress like the beer girl. And I really wanted to actually like carry those beers Mm -hmm. to a table. So I asked the waitress if I can. So she brings me two beers. And I'm going to tell you guys, those are so heavy. Oh, Break so your wrist. heavy. Yeah. Like those ladies are carrying those around all night long. Like Dang. they must have some biceps. Yeah, working their biceps for sure. Biceps of steel. <laughs> and at this scene, you start looking like before I even re- remembered that you went home sick here. I'm like, God, Holly looks like she's about to throw up right here. <gasps> oh, Because no. you were like all. You know what I mean? Like looking yeah. down and like kind of swallowing like when you I think you're just really get ready to get up and go. But it kind of looked like you were gonna throw up or something well I had a urinary tract infection and I cannot tolerate those and I used to get them all the time during the mansion days and granted you know he would like to use baby oil for lube and that would cause infections or whatever but that wasn't the case all the time because it wasn't always you I was just really susceptible to like anything like that and it's just interesting to note that I have not had one since I left that place oh wow I think there, I mean, I think there were obviously reasons stuff like that was more prevalent back then. But I also am kind of superstitious when it comes to like metaphysical anatomy and just like being more prone to things affecting you if you're already in a bad mental state. And yes. if I'm in a bad mental state about the sex life there or about the relationship, I'm really prone. And then I never had one since. That's that's interesting. Really prone. And I can't Like, I know some people will be like, oh, I have a UTI and they're just bopping around. I cannot tolerate the feeling of that. I have to take care of it instantly and make the feeling go away, take the medication for it, or I just, I will break down and stop functioning. Yeah. So that was it. And I got one because I had sex on my period in Barcelona. Oh. Mm, I know. So that was a downer. And it sucked because I had to miss the party that was my idea. Yeah. And I remember the party being fun, too, because not only did we meet Juliana, and of course, she's amazing and fun and still a friend to this day, but Janine was also there. So we got to hang out with both of them. And there was obviously a lot of other people there. So it was a really fun party, too. So me leaving and not being able to go to that party, it reminded me of a question we get asked a lot. Like, 
what would happen, like just being one of the girlfriends, if you were ever sick? Like, did oh. you ever have like a sick day at the mansion? Did you ever not go out because of being sick? Did you ever have to hide in your room? Did you ever have to quarantine yourself? Like, what did that look like for you? You know what? I only remember being sick at the mansion one time. I don't remember it conflicting with our schedule at all. Um, I mean, I was sick, sick. I think it felt like strep throat. Like I could not swallow. And I remember um, Crystal saying she was going out with the mean girls Mm -hmm. one day, like to go shopping or whatever. Uh And she said, do you want me to bring you anything back? And I asked her if she would bring me back an icy or a Slurpee or something for my throat. And she didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about being sick. She's like, sorry, I couldn't or whatever. But like, that's the only time I really, really remember. But I do know that I suffered from migraine headaches, untreated uh-huh. migraine headaches at the mansion. And I did go out with those. And I don't know how I did it. Wow. I don't know how I did it. And I don't know why I didn't get treated because I... I had migraines before I went mm-hmm. to the mansion and I at one point did take medicine for them. But then I don't know what was wrong with me, but for some reason, like I forgot or something that oh. I could treat this uh-huh. or I was, uh, or either that, or I was telling myself maybe it's not a migraine. It's just really bad headaches. Mm-hmm. Now I know hundred percent. Those were migraines. Yeah. And there was stuff I could have taken because now I take, if I get a migraine, which I get all the time, mm-hmm. I, I take the medication and within 30 minutes I can continue my life. Yeah. And if I don't take the medication or I don't have it for some reason, I mean, it's debilitating. Yeah. That's crazy. I'll be throwing up and it's just really bad. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like we just really felt like we had to push through. I don't think all the other girls felt like that. Like I remember there would be days we'd be going out and like one of the mean girls would be sick or, you know, wouldn't come out or whatever. But I don't think we ever felt like we could do that. And I certainly didn't feel like I could do that because if Hef was going out, the master bedroom was going to be used. All right. Right. Like it or not. So I feel like the only times I missed going out were when I was like recovering from surgery. And then I would be like in room three or in room five recovering. And I remember being really sick once during like Halloween of 2002. But I think I just happened to be sick on like weekdays or something. Like I just, you kind of just had to roll with it. And I was kind of constantly getting like colds and stuff. And I remember Hef's doctor was like, oh, the way you treat a cold is you take like liquid olive leaf extract and liquid echinacea in orange juice. And it was the nastiest tasting stuff. I remember people drinking that and thinking, disgusting. Yeah. And you know what? Anytime Hef felt like he was getting a cold, he would insist that the doctor give him a pack. And even Doc was like, this is stupid. Like, it's just going to make the it, the antibiotic not effective like it's viral like yeah. I tell him that all the time but he still insists on getting a z-pack it's stupid he's like and he would tell me you don't need a z-pack just do the olive leaf extract and the echinacea and he just roll his eyes like he just insists I have to give him the z-pack even though it's viral so it's not going to help him but yeah so weird yeah I'm trying, you know what, also, I I think, um, and you touched on it already, we did not think that we could be sick and not go out. Mm -hmm. Like, we had to still be there. We had to be there because it was an opportunity for people to try and come in. 
So well, we had to help regulate that. The two times I was out because of surgery, somebody got moved in. And I feel like the mean girls did that on purpose. One case was one of the mean girls wanted one of her friends to move in. And I think she saw that as like her opportunity because I guess she thought maybe I'd raise an objection or something, or maybe because she got to sit next to Hef and be in his ear more. Maybe she put the, I don't know what happened, but like I was out. And then next thing I know, there's another girl living there. And another time room six was open and a random girl was staying in room six. I don't even think she really wanted to be a girlfriend, but I think the mean girls like ushered her in because they were just like anything to do to piss me off or make me uncomfortable or I'm going to win points with Hef by recruiting whoever's here because Holly's not here. Or also to make you feel like your spot was in jeopardy. Yeah, and I think Hef allowed it too to make me feel like, oh, look what happens when you take a night off. It's one more drama bitch you have to deal with. I also think that we didn't take a night off to to be there for each other. Because if we didn't have yeah, each other, like we were rough. alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would really push for, you know, Stacy to come. And obviously we invited Crystal even after she wasn't living there anymore. But she didn't always come all the time. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, we would be alone. Yeah. With just the mean girls. So I think we were really there for each other, too. Totally. Because, like, you can't not come out. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean you're not coming out? I don't want to go out then either, mm-hmm. you know? That whole mentality. So, so it was an interesting life. Can't yeah. have a sick day. It's funny. I remember um, remember that Scream Queen contest that I told you about, uh, told all of you guys about that I had done and then got and Hef didn't want to let me go to film the movie, uh-huh. but then he finally did. For some reason, when I got there and I got like the flu, like the violently throwing up flu while I was Whoa. there in Pennsylvania uh-huh. filming that movie. And it it um, messed things up for like 24. It was like a 24 hour thing. Uh-huh. And then it went away. But I still had that like flu hangover, you know, like you can tell mm-hmm. that you were just put through really put through it, you know, and your whole body was exhausted, but I still filmed the movie. And then I remember coming home and the day I got home was Hef's birthday party outside. Mm -hmm. And I see the pictures from that party and I just look like I'm so... Like, I feel like my eyes are just like, oh, no, because I wasn't sick anymore, Uh but I had just been really sick. Yeah. Then filmed this movie, then flew back, then like got ready and went to Hef's big giant birthday party. It was just like a lot. And I can see it in the photos that I am not well right here. You know what? I wonder if you were vulnerable to get sick, because even though you're going to do this movie, you're like leaving the mansion for a few days. So like your body feels like, oh, I can shut down a little bit. And then, bam, you get hit with a virus or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's that's, interesting timing. It is interesting timing because I don't remember being sick at the mansion. Yeah. Except for that one time with mm-hmm. the sore throat. So weird. All right. So we're back at the Hofbra house. Yeah. Um, at first, uh, Hef and Keith, you go home mm-hmm. or back to the hotel. Hef and Keith stay to finish the dinner, but then they go back to the hotel with you. And so it's Kendra and I. And really, there's a lot more people than Kendra and I. Mary stays. There's security. Yeah. There's PR. There's whatever. There's a ton of people with us. But it just shows Kendra and I there. And we realize that there's a whole other section to this restaurant, which I wish they would have. I see why they didn't. Mm-hmm. But I wish they would have set us in the other section. Because where we were was kind of quiet. And it was the off, new part. Sort of off by ourselves. Yeah. But the real restaurant, the real like fun part mm-hmm. was on the other side. And they had... As you see in the show, the polka music, like the live band, the people were partying yeah. and like really having fun over there. Like that was the lively fun side. I don't think the the 
that would have been good for the camera crew because they would have had the trouble music, picking up audio yeah. with all the music and everything. But um, as far as like lively and and representing what the Hofbra house is, it was on the other side. Yeah, totally. And Kendra and I had a lot of fun over there and people were like, so like whooping it up and like excited that we were there. I don't even think it's because the, they knew who we were. It was just because the camera girls. And, yeah. Yeah. And two cute girls and I'm themed and yeah. dressed up. And so, and they're drunk. And so everybody was really getting into it and it was super fun, but they, um, and I can't go out of the scene without saying that they do another one of those. I want to crawl jokes. Yeah. yeah. I want to crawl under the chair kind of jokes where Kendra's talking about how authentically German this was. And we're talking about it's so German and everything. And then they pan to like an Asian family. Yeah. And they play that like music again. That's the like stereotypical. the stereotypical old Hollywood. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Like, that's like quote unquote Chinese music. Right. So there's that scene. So then we're leaving. And I mean, they don't, I don't even think you can tell really so much in the scene, but I remember they were like tapping on the windows from inside, like waving and wanting us to come back uh-huh. and everything. Like we really had a great time yeah. over there. It doesn't even like show how, what a good time we had over there, but we really did. And we're walking back and they're not done with the racist jokes because we're again talking about how amazing Germany is, how much we love it, how much fun that was, mm-hmm. how much good the food was. German, 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 German. Everything's about Germany. And then they show us walking into our hotel and it shows Mandarin Oriental. And they're like, do the music Boom. again. Yeah. Oh, God. As if, but I think they're doing a couple of things here. One, it's racist what they're yeah. doing. But two, I think they're also trying to like insinuate these dumb blondes don't even know they're not in Germany. Yeah, so stupid. Like, I think that's the joke yeah. they're trying to make because obviously we are, but like everything around us is Asian. So maybe we're not really or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's it's the joke. so bad. The worst. Yeah. So, yeah, we're embarrassed. We wish that wasn't in there. So we get back to the hotel to get um, Hef and Keith, and then we go off to the party. And the party was really fun, I remember, uh, because not only was uh, Juliana there, and we got to meet her and hang out with her, and of course, she's amazing. And we stayed friends with her till this day. I mean, you'll see her later on, too. She's in, she goes to the next European trip with us. Kentucky Derby. Yeah, she's in other episodes coming up. And then, um, but I mean, we're still friends with her today. Like a few years ago, she came, she came to LA from Germany, and she stayed at my house for like a week. And I wonder if there's a deleted scene of that party because it's odd that they don't show it at all. Like, I get it because the episode's short. You can only pack so much in an episode. But I'm surprised there's not, like, some footage. You know what? I think there is a deleted scene on it. Yeah. Because I I remember seeing something on it, and I was actually surprised that it wasn't in the episode. So it's probably a deleted scene. Yeah, they don't show the German party or the Rome party at all. And the Rome party was elaborate. I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But if there's any party you want to show, I would think it was that one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a deleted scene because I know I've seen some footage of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And we should do the deleted scenes because there's a lot of them. Oh, we'll definitely do them when we're done with this season for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I almost think. We should do more than one episode of it because there's so many. And thank you to our friend that keeps uploading them to YouTube so we can, you know, link those (laughs) so people can see if you don't have the DVDs. Yeah. So what else from Germany? I know the one thing that wasn't covered besides the party was going to Dachau. Mm -hmm. We wanted to go see Dachau and that was very interesting. I'd recommend it to anybody. It's a heavy day as it should be. 
I, w- I always wondered like what it would be like to work there as a tour guide because the energy is just so heavy all day. Oh, like gosh. that's a lot. Yeah. You know? What else in Germany? We were there for so little time. I just, I it remember- was like two days or something. I remember uh, going out. There was like a balcony, I think, in our hotel room. And I remember going out and just seeing these rooftops. Do you remember the view? It was like the all The skyline these was really cute. Yeah. And I just remember that, like, I have this one image in my mind of like our view from that balcony. I and can it, see it too in my head, the exact one. <laughs> I yeah, know what you're talking about. And I just remember it being really cute and really uh, different than anywhere else we had been. Yeah, it really is. And making me want to go and explore more of it and feeling like we didn't really experience Germany. Like, yes, we were in Munich and yes, we did, mm-hmm. you know, the party and the Hofbrauhaus and and Dachau. But I felt like I, I need to go back to Germany because I don't really feel like I got the full experience. I would love to do a whole Black Forest trip and go to like <gasps> Neuschwanstein and places oh like that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Like the whole Bavarian mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. Would love. Oh, yeah. There's a couple other things we wanted to add, you guys, because we were seeing your comments. A lot of you were asking about Keith's date who got sent home and saying, oh, is that the same one that Kendra got into beef with on the airplane? And no, that's a different girl because we in season four, we'll go to Europe again. We go to Monte Carlo and the south of France and Keith brings a different date, and that was the one that Kendra got into it with on the airplane. And of course, we'll talk about that when we get there. Oh, yeah. So we just wanted to clear the girl on this trip's name. Yeah, <laughs> this girl was totally nice. Um, I thought she was fun. Sweetheart, yeah. Yeah, there was no drama um, between us and her or on the airplane or anything. It was uh, strictly something private between her and Keith. I don't mm-hmm. even think we know yeah. <laughs> all the details. <laughs> Oh, a lot of people were asking, like, what would have happened had I, when the drama went down in Paris between Kendra and I and then Hef and Mary and everything, what would have happened if I had just left? Like, what if I did leave? What would have happened? Like, would he have left, let me leave? Would he have prevented me from leaving? Like, what would have happened? And I don't know the answer to that. I can guess what I think would have went down. I think that if I had started packing my stuff and took him seriously and was like, okay, I'm I'm leaving, I honestly think he would have let me go. Um, some I, people... I, it's popping into my head as you're saying this. Sorry to cut in. But I can see him going, well, when we get back, we'll need to sit down and have a serious talk about this relationship. I feel like he would have said that before he let you go. But I feel like, and I think you're right. And I feel like if I would have been in that position, I would have felt like, like, I don't know if it's just like my pride cutting in. I would have felt like, oh, I guess this is done then, you know? Yeah, I would have felt like it was done. But I think that would have, what would have happened too, and you guys might be surprised by this answer, is I think Kendra would have stepped in. I don't think Kendra would have let me just leave. I think that she would have stepped in and thought that it wasn't right that I was leaving. I don't know if she would have gone as far as to apologize, but possibly. But I think that she would have freaked out if I was actually leaving. Yeah, well, I would have stepped in too if I knew what was going on. But I feel like the way Hef would have reacted if I would have said, no, you're that's messed up, like you're reacting to the wrong person, or even just advocated for you to stay. Instead of recognizing that he made a faux pas, he would have projected back onto me and made it about 
me not siding with Kendra, which equals me being mean to Kendra. Like it would have been a little mini drama on its own. Yeah. But I think Kendra could have saved it and probably would have. And I think she would have done it for a few reasons. I feel like, and this is just, I'm just guessing here, you guys, but I feel like she would have felt bad. Yeah. And that, that would have been the primary reason. And I think that, um, we would have made up and then she would have went to Hef and said, no, we're all good. She's, you know, we're good. And Hef would have been fine with that. And because obviously some form of that did happen, even mm-hmm. though I can't remember the details and I did end up staying. Um, but also, I don't think Kendra would have wanted to be alone. Like Kendra and I shared a room. Kendra and I were kind of like partners in crime going out and doing stuff because mm-hmm. it was you and Hef. And then it was Kendra and I. So um, I and I don't think that she was super comfortable just her around. Yeah. And I think she kind of intuitively knew without knowing that she didn't want to move up a notch, so to speak no like she had the best space as far as like having the most freedom and getting away with the most stuff she didn't want to be like any closer to the fire no definitely not she liked her third third position yeah (laughs) um so i don't think that she would have been very comfortable had i left and then her having to like kind of step into my shoes Mm -hmm. or just being like the third wheel kind of i don't yeah. think she was comfortable with that position and and so i don't think she would have wanted me not to be there mm-hmm. um so I, that's how i think it would have i don't think he would have come chasing after me with crocodile tears or fake tears whatever you want to say it um like some people were thinking um it makes me wonder like if you had gone home like how would have that have been handled on the show well that's the only thing that gives me pause is the show because how do you explain that on the show he didn't want it to be about drama on the show so do you go with the drama because obviously Mm -hmm. do they make up a fake excuse that i had something come up and had to unexpectedly fly home i think if you would have gone home which i don't think it would have ever got to that point but like in this parallel universe if you had gone home but still stayed with the show and everything for the long term they would have made up a bridget got sick yeah it would have been like that which kind of doesn't make sense because why would you get on like a commercial flight i know across the ocean but they would have made up something like that or had a family emergency or something yeah i don't know i mean it's hard to say at this point but i don't know if i had gone home that i would be sitting around waiting for you guys to get home i i feel like i wouldn't either i feel like i would just I was always so scared to like get in any kind of trouble because I always felt like if I did, that was it. I was done. I was out. I was banned from the mansion. Like I felt like it would be total exile. Yeah. And already just with the blowout, how it was, I was so embarrassed by it. And I felt like everybody knew. Mm -hmm. I thought all of security knew, all of PR knew. And I was already just mortified by the whole thing that I'm the girl that is like this close to going home. I'm the girl that's like walking the line. I'm the one that everyone's got their eye on. And somebody knows that at any moment they're taking my ass to the airport. Like I felt like somebody was like just on call watching that and waiting for that. That's such a bad feeling. And the fact that you didn't even know it happened makes me think now maybe that wasn't the case. Yeah, I don't think it was the case. I think you probably just felt like it was. But I definitely felt like it. I thought everyone knew. And I was so embarrassed Mm -hmm. by it. 
Speaking of being sick, I saw James Trevenin, the photographer we were traveling with, chimed in on Instagram and yeah. said, because he went to Disneyland with us to take pictures when we were in Disneyland Paris. And he said he got so sick the night before and was still so sick and just like had to drag himself out of bed to go oh, to no. Disneyland Paris. That's... We were all, so we were all trooping. It wasn't just us girls. Yeah. Well, speaking of Disneyland mm-hmm. Paris, a lot of people wanted to know why Kendra didn't go with us to that. It's weird to me that that's not obvious to people, but maybe it's not obvious. Yeah. I don't think she liked Disney at all. Yeah. I don't think she liked things I was into at all. And it's weird, too, because I feel like we all did bond over all of us wanting to go out and get the most of the trip and go sightseeing together. I felt like we all three really loved that. Like, I saw somebody chime in, too, that was like, I'm surprised Kendra wanted to go to the catacombs. But I'm like, it wasn't that way. It was like we all three wanted to get the most out of our trip. I think... Part of it, too, is probably just jet lag caught up with her. Like, I know it says in advance, Keith and Kendra will not be going. But I bet jet lag caught up with her at some point. For me, it was really early in the trip and at Barcelona. Yeah. But who knows? But I think she just doesn't like Disney. Yeah, I think she's not that into Disneyland. And she probably thought, how different could it be than the Disneyland at home? And we have one right there if I ever wanted to go. And also, I think she saw it as her opportunity to go and do her own thing one day. Oh, I wonder what she did. I don't remember what she went yeah. and did. I think I knew at the time, but um, obviously she went and did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she saw it as her opportunity to kind of like do her own thing. Yeah. I wonder if she went and did something with Keith. Maybe. Because Keith had then already gotten rid of his date. Mm-hmm. So... It's a mystery. I don't know. That could have been weird, though. Her and Keith go. Yeah, I feel like Hef would have been weird about that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe her and Mary went and did something. Maybe, yeah. I don't remember. The only reason I thought jet lagged is because the day we went to the Eiffel Tower, she cut out early that day, too. So maybe she was just tired. But who knows? But I think the big thing is she didn't like Disney. Yeah. Okay, so we will see you guys next week. If you'd like more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. Bye, guys. Bye.